Hello. One thing before we get into the main episode, and the thing in question has to do with getting on trains. I don't know if it's an international thing. I haven't had the time to do any scientific research in this particular field. Um, I don't know if it's a Northern European thing, but I certainly know it's a large train station in the Netherlands thing. And what I'm talking about is the hustle and dance that often happens if the platform is quite full and a train pulls in to the station then people just begin doing all kinds of things in order to be the first one onto the train and i mean <laughs> it shouldn't be a thing i don't know but it it i it fascinates me to the point where i watch it a lot i'm almost always guaranteed something uh, you know, some micro story whenever I'm in such a position. And most of the time, I'm an observer. Um, uh, I can say that when I did tell live stories, one of the few uh, performances that was recorded is a story based on, um, inspired by this whole process. So I'm going to put a link to that in the episode notes. Anyway, uh, what happens is this. I'm uh, getting onto the train a couple of weeks ago and my general style of getting onto trains is maybe because of age it's quite calm and I'm not going to rush or push I'll get a seat or not so that is normally the way I am however like any other human being on the planet I have a personal sense of what is right and what is wrong <laughs> and that means there are certain actions I simply there's no way I can let them happen. I should let them happen, but I can't. I'm a human being. So train comes in, people begin their move here and there. You always see somebody, you know, planning this intricate slide into the train. And as I'm sort of just calmly moving towards where the door will be, somebody just whooshes by on the inside. He looks like a hustler. He's got that sort of okay this is my interpretation but he had that kind of body that says look i'm a hustler and what are you going to do about it so i'm of course i'm shocked uh, partially flabbergasted and all that kind of stuff like what, what, what what's going on and then uh, as i'm recovering from this i sense somebody also about to make a similar move from a similar position so what do i do uh, grown up as i am <laughs> i gently move to the left and just block the guy's passage he has to come to a break and um, or come to a halt rather and yeah the truth is in my mind I didn't do it physically I sort of did a fist bump like yes and later on as I'm sitting in the train compartment I'm sitting and thinking what was what was that you know I mean I don't know why I didn't need to do it I could have let the person pass it it was no skin off my back and yet sometimes we just succumb to these little bits and pieces so I think I'm sharing it because that's uh, what's on the mind not that it has any great value um, yeah so that is that in today's episode, we're going to look at sources of inspiration for stories. It's a bit of a random choice. I didn't have, I don't have this book with a list of, um, oh, this episode and that one. It's more or less whatever comes to mind. And I thought, yeah, this made sense. Let's put it that way. 
And by the way, when I say the source, so I am talking about the source, I'm not talking about the content, what is actually in the story, that is definitely going to be saved for another episode. So back when I told live stories at Mezrab, I'd often, once I told my story and I'd be hanging around the bar, somebody would come up and ask me a question and often the question would be like, how do you do that? Where does this story come from? What's your inspiration? And I don't really have, uh, um, I never had a very clear answer to that. But that is a question that uh, different people asked it. Um, it came from all kinds of perspectives. But the fact that that uh, category of question appeared again and again, I suppose helped them stick in my mind. And sometimes I do find myself asking the very same thing. And while I have never discovered this absolute answer, I did discover quite a few things along the way. And so those um, uh, discoveries uh, and insights, some of them are what I want to share with you on this, uh, in this episode. For instance, I do believe listening to and uh, telling stories is such a normal thing. It's part of what makes us human. I think we do it all the time. You know, you share experiences with other people or you go over them again in your head. And all of these are just little stories. So storytelling in itself is not such a big deal. It's probably... Um, we, we, it's about the subject, you know, one person tells a story about this, another about that, you find this one interesting, the other one not, and all that stuff. And it really is, I suppose, a bit like breathing, in that, yeah, I know I breathe, and but I'm rarely aware of the process. It's only when I'm trying to calm myself down that I actually think or, or uh, focus on, oh, what am I now doing? And the same thing, it's the same with storytelling. The stories just, they are there. I don't know why they're there. You know, we can do our best to uh, figure out where they come from. Another thing I realize is that I do think in images. Everything that I hear, what I read, all of it, it just becomes an image. And so, for example, I have a terrible sense of direction. I can look at a map and know this is what the map's telling me. But when I look around, it makes no sense. However, if I go to a strange city, I rarely get lost because it's very easy to retrace. Uh, as long as I uh, go back the way I came, it's easy to retrace where I came from because of recalling the images in my head. The same goes for names. I can never remember anyone's name. It takes forever and ever and ever to remember somebody's name, but their face and the expressions on it, they always stick. Also, I should say that whatever I'm going to talk about, whatever, when I talk about the what I believe are the sources of inspiration for stories, remember anything that comes out of my mouth is colored, uh, or my perception is colored by what I just mentioned, the fact that I see in images and I believe storytelling is normal. One of the popular catalysts for stories is the sentence that just appears in my head. So I'm walking somewhere, usually it's almost always when walking or move in, in motion, walking from A to B and thinking about one thing and suddenly the sentence appears. And this happens a lot, but in the case of sentences that develop into stories, 
there is something about the rhythm of the sentence. There's some, I don't know what it is. It just stays. And either it begins to grow, so it becomes a conversation, or that sentence can generate an image. And whatever the case, there soon follows this investigation into whose words are these, why are they spoken or written or whatever, uh, where is this place, how did this person get there, and a story just begins to build from there. It's almost instinctive, or at least I can say it's organic, I cannot tell you, I put this there and I put that, it just sort of happens. Then another source is just listening, so again, outside, maybe I'm an outside person, but it while moving around sometimes i pick up bits and pieces of conversations and the piece of conversation just i don't know it it can it does something funny um one example is there's a cafe not too far from where we live and as i was walking past there there's this guy outside and i just heard him say i'm a financial analyst i don't know what was said before i didn't hear what was said afterwards and i sort of looked and i saw him and he had a bit not quite gordon gecko hair but sort of slick hair and i just started wondering who what kind of person would say this not that it was good or bad but just what kind of person what kind of conversation would there be and so from there a story begins to develop another favorite of mine which i may have told certainly not in this uh, series but i've said it before was once i was on the ferry coming from north to south and there were some ladies on my left that were in conversation. I wasn't really tuned into what they were saying. I was just picking up bits and pieces everywhere until one of them said, oh, do you know I'm allergic to squirrels? And then the, her friends all sort of expressed shock. And one of them asked, how did you find that out? And then I suddenly started thinking of, you know, I know somebody in squirrels. How do you, how do you discover? What are you doing with squirrels to discover that you are allergic to them? Then um, one of my absolute favorites in terms of listening into conversations and um, is December the 24th, so Christmas Eve, <laughs> because the deal these days is we need to consume a lot of stuff and the shops rarely have enough for everybody at that particular time, and it does make sense, then you do... Uh, come across a number of stressed out people who you know you can hear somebody being accused of or, or being asked why didn't you do it when i told you and why didn't you get this and all that stuff and yes you i you can't see me i have a big grin on my face because i do find that funny that particular one but listening in is um, has always been a great source of inspiration Another source are facial expressions. So again, outside, and, you know, they're always people, but sometimes there's just one face in a particular way that triggers, I don't know, it attracts you. And, uh, for example, I've heard a, sort of a car horn, and the way that that horn is sort of blares out, you know, oh, there's, a, there's an almost situation. 
And if I am, shall I say, fortunate, I can see it in front of me. And I can also see the face of the person involved in the near miss. And there's this shock that just appears on the face. There's nothing, I don't think it's, you don't plan to do that. It's just a reflex. It's this sort of panic, wide-eyed, wide, mouth open wide. And that image alone can generate all kinds of things. Um, Sometimes the faces, it could be a sad face. Somebody looks so incredibly sad and gray. And I end up thinking, so what, what happened to you? How did you get to this place? At times, somebody, I don't know if, you, if you've ever seen somebody walking around with a smile on their face. You wonder, yeah, what's the story behind that smile? So facial expressions are an excellent source of material. There is also movement, and this is across various scales. So it could be an individual, you know, how somebody walks. They have a peculiar walk or they're standing in a particular way. And then the thought process is why, what kind of person would walk like that or why are they standing like that? It's slightly different to what you normally notice. And so stories begin to build uh, around that. There is also uh, groups. Um, there was one which was kind of funny or interesting. It was raining, and so you had people running for the train or the bus. And I think there were about six or seven of them. I, they were not connected to each other, but they all held umbrellas. And they seemed to be running at the same speed with the umbrellas held at the same angle. And it was just one of those images you just see. And suddenly I imagined one of those old-fashioned musical scenes breaking out, you know, singing in the rain kind of stuff. That can happen. Another kind of group, these are bigger groups, um, there's the one of tourists. So you have a very, very large flock of tourists, and they have these ear uh, earpieces in, and up ahead is the guide, and the guide is telling them this and that and that. And when it gets really freaky is when the guide sort of has obviously told him to look to the left or right, up or down at something. And you see all of these heads in sync turn in a particular direction and turn in another direction and another direction. And so that always brings to mind the idea of a story about mass control. But uh, yeah, th th such stories have been done much better than I could ever do them. But, you know, the, the movement is is... Yeah, it's quite inspiring. Then there are scenes that play out in front of you. They're not necessarily complicated. Sometimes they're just very simple, uh, such as you see a couple saying hello or goodbye, and there's a way they hold each other or look at each other or do something, and that's like, hey, you know, you build a story about that. Sometimes there is street rage, uh, <laughs> which, well, you'll learn that I laugh at things that maybe are not funny but somehow I find them funny and in this case often the, the fact that there are tourists around means you see little clashes moments of friction and there was one of a lady who almost the tourist crossed the cycle path without looking so the lady had to swerve to avoid the tourist or tourists and she just started swearing and effing and blinding and she was quite a way in front of me coming towards me and she was still effing and blinding and so i sort of thought of you know an angry person and then you imagine some almost fairy tale story of somebody who's angry all the time and then finally something happens that allows them to lose their rage uh, at times the scene can be quite dramatic uh, not not uh, fortunately with a happy end 
not so long ago, uh, there's this place called Cowper Tunnel that connects the north and south of Central Station. And I was coming out of there and I saw two policemen, a police lady and a man with a kid. They crossed the cycle path and as they crossed the cycle path, the kid ran to a woman and put his arms around the woman. The woman put her arms around the kid and she was just crying and crying and crying. And then I realized, oh, that was the mother. And she had she couldn't find her kid and i thought oh that must be terrible i mean and the the relief in her weeping it was it, you could just hear it and it, that was also one of those things that happens um another scene is a bit more awkward uh, this one has to do with shoplifting i've seen a, a few times usually you know in 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 television series a shoplifter looks like often looks like a shoplifter but when i've seen them caught they just are ordinary people and some have uh, a kind of a, a sort of defiance on their face but more often than not the fact that when a shopkeeper is caught there's always noise and some kind of kerfuffle and everybody looks and you see a shame as or well i don't know if it's shame it looks like a kind of shame it looks as if the person really wishes to disappear and so i ask myself who is that person they what drove them to this acts you know was it is it a kick is it necessity and all that stuff so just general scenery is again um, another source of inspiration for stories a low-hanging fruit so to say would be current affairs that's what's going on in the world and this includes the full news spectrum from politics to culture to sports there's always some trigger event in what I read and that can, um, yeah, that can lead to all kinds of stuff. However, I must say, there are times when current events just get really too crazy and too somber. And I suppose the logical thing would be to not read about this stuff, but <laughs> I can't stop. So what happens then is I usually come up with a, a story, and the story is either... I don't know if it's to escape from just that gray or darkness, or it could be a way of trying to explain a situation to myself. I can't um, really say. What I can say is that it is very, very comfortable in story world. I think the grand champion of inspiration has to be reading. And as long as I can remember, the words in books that I liked always created images in my head. They always put some, I don't know, I could see things as if uh, a, a visual translation was the only way I could ever understand what I was reading. So, of course, it was very easy to fall in love with writing. And maybe, let's see if I get this right, maybe to explain the effects or how I kind of how I see the effect of uh, or feel the effect of words uh, on my mind so imagine the mind is this enormous um, switchboard it's filled with dials and buttons and levers and these sort of increase intensity or speed or they, they just change uh, events they can they have a direct effect on events and so when um, I read, it's as if the words are fingers that are just playing around with all of these dials, moving things around, and what always, always happens is 
as I read, something interesting appears in my head. It's as if I try to answer, I try to respond to the information coming in with some some thought. And when I say interesting, interesting doesn't mean good. It just means that they're interesting. <laughs> also, when it comes to the effects of words on my mind, I really can imagine that the fact that they can create such amazing imagery probably inspired me to want to do exactly the same. And today, if you were to ask me what is the absolute best thing you can do with your time, I would say it would be to create a world in your head. Um, I just realized that there are simply too many sources of story inspiration for a single episode. I just go on and on and on. I'm barely, I've just scratched the surface. At least that's what I believe. Also, remember I said I want these episodes to be, to remain manageable. So... I am going to, somewhere in the future, I'm going to do a part two of this episode. Uh, I promise that. You heard me say it here, so that is <laughs> that is more or less a guarantee. Um, so on that note, I'm just going to head off and uh, we'll talk next time.